Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron, and Brie is on a bit of a break today, but I am joined by hijinks and shenanigans abound from Twitter. How are you today? Thank you for joining us. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to have this chat with you. Uh, you you have been just so active on Twitter lately with these these covers, and you put so much description and it usually takes more than one tweet and it is just it's so fun to to just see all of the reactions and everything from these vintage covers and stuff i've really enjoyed um sharing all of these books from my mom's collection um i lost her in 2020 and so when i got all of her books i was kind of thinking what am i going to do with all of these and once I started reading the backs of them, I knew I just had to find a way to share some of them with people. Yeah, well, it is. it has been just absolutely great. So go ahead and take us back to just uh, your childhood and your experience with it. Did your mom always read these books? My mom was a huge reader. Um, she was a single mom. And I have an older sister, so there were three of us. She never worked just one job. There was usually three or four, and one was in a used bookstore. So a lot of evenings, I spent time hiding under counters, reading romance novels that I probably didn't have any business reading at the age I was. And um, she read so much that when the bookstore closed maybe five years ago, she had so much credit that they actually had to pay her money out. Because she, yeah, she went and got all these books that she decided, Hey, I'll just get all of these that I've always wanted to have. And she still had so much left over that they paid her before they closed the bookstore. Wow. That, that was really good of them to do that. I I know a lot of bookstores that go out of business probably wouldn't have the money to do that. (laughs) Probably not. I think it was because she had worked there for years and um, they still have one location open several towns over. So they weren't completely out of business, but yeah, well, Go ahead and just tell us what kind of uh, what kind of lines and and everything did did she have? Because the collection, just from what we've seen on Twitter, has is, is got to be just massive, is what we're imagining. I've got about thirty book thirty boxes of books. So I have Harlequin Intrigue, I have Temptation, I have Desire, I have the Super Romance, um, Bombshell. She did not keep any blaze. There's one blaze. I guess those were just not her thing because she didn't Uh keep any of them. I have some really old school Georgette hair books. I have some, I think it's Harley Quinn Presents. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of them sitting over here just so I can remember some. I mean, I have just the really old Harley Quinn romances that are, I mean, they're really old school. I have Candlelight Ecstasy. And Candlelight Encore, um, Harlequin Salutes. Um, there's not very many of those. There is, uh-huh. there's All American, I think those are Harlequin as well. And I mean, there's a few random ones too that are thrown in there. Uh-huh. But I think besides Blaze, I have most of the lines that were early days. I mean, I there are so many. Special Edition, there's a ton of Special mm-hmm. Edition. I think she had every Nora Roberts ever written. So I've oh, got, wow. and, and Love Swept. Uh, those are most of the ones I've posted. I have a ton of Love Swept, probably about four or five boxes of those. Yeah, well, I tell you what, those those Love Swept covers are just, 
are just something else. There, there was one you posted the other day. I think it might have been yesterday, but it was the the pose on the cover. It was it was so weird with the uh, the 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 female model because it's like her her right arm was wrapped around the guy and it's like she was pulling him closer but then with her left arm it looked like she was almost pushing him away <laughs> it was like i don't i'm not sure about this I, <laughs> right their names get me a lot of times i mean those are some of the ones i pick because like the one i picked where his name spider web and he owns a pawn shop i'm like who comes up with this i mean honestly his name is spider web <laughs> It's like, were, were they even trying? <laughs> yeah, well, and he has a waterbed, which is even better. I mean, oh, once I, because I'll flip through them just to get the gist. So when uh-huh. I post something on Twitter, I can kind of give you a broad overview of what's going on. And sometimes I end up reading half the book or sometimes the whole thing, because I'm like, I have to know what happens to these people uh-huh. and their crazy jobs. I mean, there was a clown stuck in an elevator that gets rescued by a fireman. I mean, there's just so much in these books. <laughs> yeah, there was one you posted that it was on a space station and like the psychologist oh. lady was going to go up and evaluate him before he goes on a solo trip to Mars. And that was so funny that you posted that one because Bree and I were talking about presents and like how how far you can push the boundary and presents. And I was like, well with all of all these billionaires going to space, we're going to have a space romance here soon. <laughs> it's too late. It's already been done. <laughs> I've been amazed at the things that I think, you know, are new. And then I look at these books and I go, wait a minute, this is from 1983. Yeah. I mean, these people were writing things. Um, and like the one thing I posted where the author said, they never told her no, they just said, go ahead. And so she did. And so yeah. I read some of them and I'm like, Clearly, they were taking big swings. Um, not all of them worked, but man, they were fun to read. Oh yeah, yeah. What? How awesome of the publisher to just say, just, just go ahead, just give us whatever. We'll put it out there. We'll just, we'll just see what sticks. <laughs> it's really, you know, it really shows us something about too, like women. You know, as they progressed, they were mm-hmm. really willing to read any of these stories that you put out there because. That was their desire to see like how far it could go. And, mm-hmm. you know, men have a lot of outlet, but this was what yeah. most women did. I mean, my grandmother read the Harlequins too. And she, she cracked me up because my grandma would read the first two chapters and then she would read the last chapter. And if she didn't like how it ended, she didn't read the rest of the book. That but, is, that's, yeah, go ahead. But my mom would take her, her books, you know, and I, I'm pretty sure she had one of the Harlequin um, subscriptions where they would mm-hmm. send you five books a month and her and her sister would exchange them and then she would give them to my mom. And that was one my mom would exchange them at the bookstore and get other books so that they always had some new ones to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that last chapter thing, I, I've heard of people doing that, uh, just going and reading the last chapter even before they start the book because they they need to know how it ends. <laughs> I watched her one time and she read the first and then the last and then she skipped to the middle and started reading. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time on the whole book if, you know, if it doesn't have stuff in it that I like. I was like, OK, I mean, you read however you want to. Okay, so a low attention span is not just new to YouTube, where it's like you just skip through. It's like, oh, did I get? Did I get? A, I got enough. All right. Yeah, I got the gist of it. I understand what happened. So let's take it back a sec. What uh, these Harlequin salutes? 
What were those? Those those seem like they have a patriotic element to them. Definitely. This first one's Janet Daly. I mean, and you know, I know there's some controversy there, but she has a lot of stuff in these early Harlequin lines and it's definitely got to be something because it's red, white, and blue and yeah. Stars um, and stripes. And, yeah. And the hero's name is Flint. Well, I mean, why not? So right, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I haven't reread any of those at all. I mean, she doesn't have a ton of them, but mm-hmm. I was like, that's not a line that I'm very familiar with. And the candlelight ones, I didn't know anything about those. I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's called Candlelight Ecstasy. They're like gold around the edge. I mean, they're oh. like... Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, another kinda... one, too. I can't... Re- it's black around the edges, and I can't... I think I posted one of them, too. I can't remember what the line is now, but I want to say it was through Zebra. I don't think it's a Harlequin. Okay. Okay. Now, did Are there any nocturnes in there? Oh, absolutely. I've got a whole box right next to me of nocturnes. Oh, oh that's so that's so good to know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, and honestly, I have about four boxes in the back because when I first got them, I went through and tried to put all the lines together. So I would at uh-huh. least have a place to start. And I have about four boxes of duplicates of oh, okay. books that I had. She had two or three of some of them. And it looks like in some cases she just found a better copy. And then yeah. maybe she forgot she bought one. And there were certain authors that she, I mean, Kay Hooper and Fayrine Preston. And then, of course, I have three boxes of Nora Roberts, which, uh-huh. you know, and she's still in some of the lines, too. I mean, there's still some other ones out there. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a whole bunch back there. And then I have some that she had signed um, occasionally, especially the Oklahoma authors, which is where I'm at. Okay. They would yeah. come into the used bookstore when they were in town close by mm-hmm. and they would sign books and talk to them yeah i i met sharon sala i actually know where she is now i have a good friend that's friends with her and then i know um i think i met Kay hooper once when i was a kid i i know they came in the bookstore Uh uh-huh yeah and janice rings hudson had a ton of books that my mom has signed oh awesome awesome that's that's really cool that you got to experience the whole like you know uh, interacting with authors and everything as, as a kid just you know hanging out in the bookstore and everything Oh yeah, ten year old me probably was not very impressed, but I'm, I'm <laughs> sad now that I didn't pay more attention. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, that's how oh, it reminds me. I, w- I went. It was like a, a kindergarten or something. I, we went to the local university, and and like some of the players signed their names on a on a team photo or whatever. And a few years later, you know, my my mother points it out to me, and it's like, yeah, there's like three professional ball players on here. That you- <laughs> So it's like, oh, whoa. <laughs> now I'm impressed. I really wasn't yeah. in, but you know, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I know my mom met Nora Roberts, I, but I think that was at like a signing in Oklahoma City. I don't think she came to the bookstore or if she did, I, I don't remember. But, uh-huh. you know, like I said, a lot of times I was hiding so she wouldn't know what it was I was reading exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, so we know that you got into reading romance very early, but do you remember the first book that the first romance book you read? I, I remember the first one that I have a really clear memory of, um, was a Constance O'Day. I think it was O'Day Banyan or Constance O'Banyan. She wrote time travel and I was really, Um, into there was one and I think that one's Eugenia Riley though there was one that was a retelling of Phantom of the Opera where mm-hmm. the girl's like an opera singer and she gets sent back to the 1800s or something so 
I was really a big fan of the time, time travel ones. And so I know, and then the author that I really sort of fell in love with and grabbed all of her stuff was Julie Garwood. I mean, I read everything that Garwood had. So Uh yeah, and I still reread Guardian Angel. I would say that's probably my longest running favorite book. Um, And the smaller ones, I remember, I think it was... It was Fayreen Preston or Kay Hooper. They wrote the Swansea books. It was a line of, I think they were brothers. And then later on, it was their kids. And Uh I have all of those somewhere. And I may may be lying saying it was Fayreen Preston, but she wrote a lot of those trilogies within Love Swept. and, And then they would have special editions too that were like bigger stories. I remember those. Mm -hmm. I mean, I read Kay Hooper as like all the way through, even when she switched, you know, to the, Uh the thrillers. I still read her books, Iris Johansson too. And Iris Johansson may be the one that wrote those Swansea books. I can't remember. I, I don't know that I have one close by here. I know I have a bunch over here, but you know, you mentioned intrigue. This mm-hmm. is like a really early one. Oh yeah. But yeah, that's, it's so, it's so fun to see those old intrigues with the, with the painted covers. <laughs> oh, I know. They're fascinating to me. I'd love to see those, you know, like uh, some, I think it's one of the clinch covers. I think they tell you who made the, like who painted it or who did the uh-huh. cover. And I think that's fascinating too. But, yeah. You know, yeah. There's. There's a lot. I mean, I, you know, honestly, I read a whole lot of the books that were savage this or savage that. And I, I know now they're not PC anymore and I get it, but you uh-huh. know, that was in the eighties, they were everywhere mm-hmm. and you couldn't throw a, a rock without hitting 15 of them. So, and yeah. Janice Reams Hudson, a lot of her standalones are that way. They're savage something or, or other. It's hard to, these days, you know, with this, because the romance genre, the the readership really expanded in the last like 15 years, I feel like. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm just kind of stabbing at that because I only came into reading romance within like the last seven years. Oh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, back then it seems like there was probably a more specific readership that was, you know, and, and of course there weren't the outlets to, you know, have the, have the uproar and everything about, about, um, any kind of controversy or things like that. Yeah. And Uh, I mean, that's when you read these, I think that's where some people kind of get led astray. When, when you go back, you have to really think about the time that they were from, mm -hmm. because, you know, there was one I was reading last week that they mentioned condoms and I was so excited. I was like, that's so great. The girl has her own condoms. And then two sentences later, the guy's yelling at her. Cause like, why do you need condoms? How many people are you sleeping with? I was like, okay, we took a step forward and then four back. So, I mean, yeah, those are, uh, I, so I have a lot of, uh, a lot of temptations, um, you know, that, uh-huh. and so it's definitely just something you have to brace for when, when you go back and read those, you know, it's going to be a book of its time and there's going to be some cringe in it somewhere, but, but sometimes <laughs> they surprise you though. Sometimes the, you know, the, the book of its timeness is, is pretty light. Uh, like in our, oh, yeah. our last books club episode, I read uh, Midnight Train from Georgia by Glenda Sanders, which was 1996. But still, there was a lot of problematic things in the 90s still, uh, oh, still yes, today, absolutely. unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that one was was surprising in how 
how little there was of, of the book of its right. kindness. So that that's occasionally you get surprised. And so speaking of that, um, what are some diamonds in the rough that you've, you've found so far? Um, well, there was one that, and it, this stuck in my head. This was the first thing I had to list, look for when I got the boxes. I read a book called Raising Harry a long time ago. It's in Love Swept. Um, I did find it. I, I think I put it back in order, but it's about an architect who's raising his son. I can't remember if the wife died or whatever, but the little boy, this is the scene that stuck in my head. The little boy is in the office and he's basically, he gets into everything. And so he's been told don't touch stuff. Right. Uh But he's, he's playing with the stapler. And so the dad comes in and catches him unstapling all these papers and they all have a condom on top of them. And he's been unstapled. And he's like, Oh my goodness. Like how much have you been doing that? What are you doing? And he's like, Oh, this, you know, I be, I do this all the time. So of course it leads to an accidental (laughs) pregnancy because he's already been involved with somebody, but his kid is the one that has sabotaged him in this whole thing. And the kid is on the back wall and he's quoting Star Trek. And, you know, for years, this book stuck in my head. And I was like, okay, because I can never could find it, uh-huh. even in Goodreads. Really? And I yeah. was like, we're, and I think it's, it may be a Jan Hudson book, but that one, that was the first one that I went for when I was looking through them. And I was very vindicated when I found it. And, you know, when you talk about Diamonds in the Rough, that space station one was pretty good. I mean, that sending a psychologist to a space station when we know the kind of training you actually have to go through to go there, Uh, that's not going to happen. I mean, it's just not the way that works. And there was a, there's a temptation one that I have right here where I think it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde where he is, it's, I think he's a vampire if I remember right, or something similar to that. And it's a ride. I can't remember exactly all of it, but I was like, this is absolutely bonkers. I mean, you know, they talk about having the bonkers books now with aliens and Uh everything. These, these are, are absolutely just as crazy. Oh, I'm going to have to read that one now. Yeah. I've got, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so excited. It was, Oh yeah. There's so many. I mean, the temptation one, she has all all the way back to the beginning. I want to say I have number one of that line. Oh. It's either that one or desire. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because they were like yellow back in the day. They were like a yellow color. They weren't they don't look like they do now. Okay. Of course they all go through that yeah. where they change the way the covers look. And that swoop thing on the love swept, I still can't figure out on those old love swepts what the heck that is. That uh-huh. thing that's behind them, that white thing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I, I have no clue. This one's funny because this is the only book that she had in a plastic bag. It's a Kay Hooper book. And it's in Serena's web. But I don't know why this one was so special. I mean, it's like 189. It's not like a number one. Uh-huh. Or something. Maybe it was just hard to find. Um, maybe that, you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe that was it. What is, what is the, um, the earliest just original Harlequin romance that, that you found? I, out of these old school, see, these are hard for me to find numbers on. Like when you look at these really old ones, because mm-hmm. it says like 52 something up here, that can't be the number. No, is it? There's no way. This one's from like 1965. Yeah. Is it, is it on the spine? No. Hmm. No, it's, no, it's got a bunch of numbers here, but they're like, they have dashes and stuff in between them. Yeah. So I don't think that's the number of it, but it's originally from... 
1965. And I think this reprinting may be from 71, like they republished it, but it doesn't have uh, the number like some of yeah, them Yeah, so that, so 65, that's, that's um, still pretty early because I think it was, so I know the Manatee was first published in 1954, but the Harlequin, uh-huh. you know, official romance book number one wasn't published until 1959. So yeah, 1965, that's, right. you know, only six years after to the whole thing. So that's really cool that you've got, you know, some from the, from the way back when. Oh, and I haven't cracked into those to see what they're about. Uh-huh. I've got, I just thought of this. Um, Pippa Roscoe sends, sends me postcards sometimes when she sends me books and they're of like really old, uh-huh. um, really old copies. So this one, uh, Barbary Moon. Do you have, Oh yeah. you have that one? I don't have that uh-huh. one, but I, I mean, that's what they look yeah. like. They look the, those are the earliest ones I have. There's, and most of them are Mary Birchall is the author. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anything about her, but that's most of the ones that are in that box. And those are, that's where the Georgette hires are too. Okay. So those are the earliest ones she has. And I know those aren't, you know, in the category, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to look at them and see. Yeah, exactly what they are. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Island Hospital was another another postcard one I got and I actually looked up the goodreads on that because I was I was thinking about uh, finding a copy of it and reading it you know just right. you know, read an old Harlequin but this this was definitely one that didn't did not age well at all <laughs> I guess this protagonist was just awful all the way through and just you know uh, because he's a doctor and you know love interest is a nurse and oh you know, nurses. Are and just, he's better than Yeah, Mario. yeah. And, and um, she's English and he's American too. And just, I, I guess oh, it just no. never stopped. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> we can we can pass on this one. Well, that red tail ones that I posted the other day, it was pretty rough in the beginning when he's basically like, no woman is going to be the boss of me and you can't tell me how to be a pilot. I was like, oh no, uh, <laughs> this is not good. Yeah. I mean, of course you have some dramatic moment mm-hmm. where he decides oh, well, she must be okay because all these other men listen to her, you know. And I, But that that opening one where he's like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I thought, this is going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, pres- even some modern presents is our, our hero starts out like that. But but we definitely have a, a more proper arc, I guess, these days. Exactly. I mean, you, you can hope for it at least. I don't, uh, every once in a while, like you said, you'll pick one up and it's sort of surprising mm-hmm. at, like the level that it can still exist where you're like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that yeah. in a today romance. You know, that's not what I was looking for, but these older ones, I just have to remind myself, okay, this was printed in 1993 or even 83. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know, it was a very different time in 83. So yeah, here's a nocturne. It's Marilyn uh-huh. Lovelace or Marilyn. Yeah. yeah. I have a whole box of her uh, Texas Fortune series. Oh, yeah, the Fortunes it, of Texas, yeah. Yeah, it crosses lines and stuff, mm-hmm. and my mom had all of those together, so I've got those. And Rachel Lee has one, too. I, I think it's Boward County or something that crosses a bunch of the lines. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I think I think Texas Cattlemen's Club might. Yeah. Right, but that one's definitely a newer one. Yeah, the... Um, um, Fortunes of Texas. I I made a uh, an Instagram post about that a couple months ago, but yeah, they they uh-huh. just that series 
um, this year crossed its its 100 book mark. So there's been more oh, than 100 my. books in that series. And, and uh, uh, Nina Crespo, a, a good author um, I, I know of and, uh, you know, on social media speaking terms, uh, it's got another one coming out here soon. So I'm super excited for that. I think I think all the ones that she has are Marilyn Lovelace. I think they're all those probably the early part of the series. Okay, yeah. So it just started out with yeah. her, and she just took it for yeah. a while. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see that evolution of those long running series because there's a a series called Matchmaking Mamas that started out in the love and laughter line, and it was written by multiple authors, but then uh, right. but then very recently or you know very recently you know um maria ferrarella just took it all over and, and has been the only yeah. author in that line <laughs> i have a bunch of those too i actually have probably one through 40 something of love and laughter oh really i have oh that's really yeah, cool mm-hmm. yeah, yeah they're they're definitely ones that i don't see often in like the thrift stores and right. things like that around here and funny enough i see um fives a crowd for some reason is just always always around it's <laughs> it like okay and i was like did that one just get printed way too much or is it just not a memorable one was that one just not so great or <laughs> yeah. what happened there yeah there were several series that she had or lines that started and i didn't know if they had continued or and she just didn't continue reading uh-huh. them or or what happened i mean she didn't go to kindle until I think we, my husband and I bought her a Kindle in maybe 2011 or 12 uh-huh. um, because she kicked and screamed and was not going to have a Kindle <laughs> until she realized I can have a thousand books on this Kindle and it will go everywhere with me. And then I don't have to carry five, not because she was a speed reader. Oh, yeah. So my mom would blow through two, three books a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, and she could tell you what they were about. And my friends give me a hard time because I read really fast too. I mean, I've read like 500 books this year and they're like, there's no way that you, I'm like, well, I just, I love to read. And I, you know, I can go back and probably tell you a storyline from February if it was a book that really resonated with me. Now, if it was one of those middle of the road ones, probably not, Uh but you know, one of the ones I really liked. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. You know, uh, some of my bookish, social media friends and I, we, we will sometimes send screenshots of people's good reads, you know, it is, they've got like 200 <laughs> books in February. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> like, yeah, we do have that, that moment of like, did the, did they actually read them? Or, you know, but it's mostly just coming from jealousy. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so no hard feelings there, I hope. Oh, no, not at all. Well, so she read way faster than I did. So I, you know, I never think mine is as fast as it could possibly uh-huh. be. Did your sister read romance, Did read romance as well? Yeah. I tell people that my reading was um, either do that or be ignored because, you know, we were the ones in the house. So my mom would be reading, my sister would be reading. And if I didn't read, you know, back then we didn't have 5,000 channels uh-huh. to watch. You had like three channels and if nothing was on, then you could either play by yourself or pick up a book, yeah. you know, and, I just got into reading that way. And since my mom, it was just something she did all the time. It just seemed normal to me Mm -hmm. to have a book. Yeah. And my friends would get really annoyed at me because they'd be like, I've been talking to you for five minutes when I'm reading. I'm like, I don't hear you because I'm reading a book. And they're like, I don't understand that. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I don't know how to help you, but this is what happens when I read. I don't 
I, I don't hear you. So yeah, yes. Well, it's good to know that's not a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Something, something about reading in public screams to people, "Come talk to me." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Nobody in my house will talk to me for a couple hours. I have all boys, my husband and two boys, and the moment I sit down and open a book, somebody's got to have a conversation with me. And I'm like, I've been sitting here for 40 minutes with the TV on, not doing anything. And nobody said a word to me. And now everybody needs something because I have a book open. Yeah. Let me ask you if I may do, do your boys read romance at all? Not yet. I have a 16 year old and an 11 year old and my younger informed me, um, that he would not be reading books with girls in them until we started reading Aru Shaw together. Oh, yeah. And now he has been converted. I don't think he realized at first it was a girl, uh-huh. but when she became a hero and did all these cool things, he was sort of like, okay, I'll do that. Oh well. Yeah. Now the older one, I got him into sci-fi and fantasy. Mm-hmm. We read a lot of the same YA sci-fi series when he was a little younger, but now that he's a junior in high school, you know, they have to read the fun stuff like George Orwell and all that. And then he wants to come home and complain to me about how terrible all these stories are. And I'm like, yeah, I know I read. I'm like, can't help you. It's just going to be that way till you get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, at, at least, uh, at least his school is still allowing George Orwell in the, in the uh, school library. Right. Now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are in the Bible Belt, so fingers crossed no. that they, I mean, yeah, they had the thing in Enid where they stopped that, um, there was a romance reading group at the library mm-hmm. of older women, and they stopped letting them meet at the library and wouldn't let them talk about romance anymore. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, these are women that would be like in their 70s. Yeah, it's like how... I think you can determine what you want to read. You know, it's just really frustrating to me. I, I It makes me really aggravated. Oh, yeah, because who who are they harming? Like, they're, they're sitting together yeah. talking amongst themselves about books they love. <laughs> but any books. I mean, I should be able to decide what my kids read. Like, don't don't take it out of the school and tell me they can't read it because I'm going to go to the library and get it. And they're going to read it just because you told me they can. Yes. Maybe that's not a good attitude, but oh, that's the books never hurt me. Yeah. I mean, even if they were controversial or had crackpot ideas or whatever in them, I, you know, they just taught me to think critically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I think it's the right opinion, the right thing to do. And definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, when um, Captain Underpants was was going around, you know, um, I I don't know why people got their their hair on fire about that, but um, yeah, first first thing we did was just like get in the car and go to the library. It's like, all right, we're gonna grab every single one we can, and and yeah, my kids ended up loving it, and yeah, it's it's a it's actually a pretty clever, you know, pretty clever um, oh absolutely yeah, storytelling and stuff. Yeah, that that. Um, that authors definitely got uh, got away with uh, telling kids stories because it seems like every time we come home from the library, we've got a, a Dave Pickley, I think, or Pilkey. I can't think of his last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's. I think you're right. I think it's Pilkey or something like mm-hmm. that. Well, what kind of other reading do you do besides romance? Um. Oh man, I read pretty widely. I love um, fantasy, but not extremely high fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't give me um name of the wind because that was 22 hours of nothing and i want those hours back (laughs) but like 
Sarah J. Mass. I read a lot of urban fantasy too, mm-hmm. like Chloe Neal. I love the vampire, the Chicago Land Vampire series she has. Um, Shannon Mayer has a Riley Adamson. Those are all in the realm of urban fantasy. Um, the Iron Druid series, Kevin Hearn. I love his books because okay. there's tons of mythology in it. And my mom was a big mythology person. My sister was really into mythology and this is really going to age me. But back in the days of the bookmobile, when they would come to town, oh, yeah. my sister always got the mythology books. That's and, and then she would tell me the stories of all these Greek gods and stuff. And so when I can find the retellings in any, you know, any medium, I'm fascinated by yeah. them. And that's why I like these Aru Shaw books I'm reading with my son because they're Indian mythology. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating to me. Um, I read some sci-fi, nothing real heavy, but I like sci-fi romance too, like Jesse Mahalik and, and those kind of um, books. I do read the bonker stuff. I mean, give me a, a blue alien or, you know, something outside the realm. I, I love Katie Robert. Uh-huh. I, you know, I, I just absolutely adore her books and the way she spins a story. Um, there's a couple others. I was trying to think V.E. Schwab, her, the invisible life of Addie yeah. LaRue. I love that book. Now I didn't really like her magician series very much, but that book really spoke to me. And I read some YA. Um, there's a book called the, uh, Oh gosh, I can't remember. It's by um, Martha Brockenborough. It's the something, the game of love and death. And love and death have a wager about making this couple fall in love and whether they can make it work. And it, they've done this throughout the centuries. Oh. And so it's, oh, it's beautifully written. And um, the lovely war by Julie Berry is that way. It's uh, I think it's Hephaestus and Aphrodite and he's tired of her cheating on him. And he takes her sort of in front of the court to have it out. Oh. And it's really well written too. So I mean, I, I'm one to wander through a library and pick books up and anything that calls to me, I'll give it a shot. You know, I've, I've read some Westerns. My mom has a ton of uh, Zane Grey and um, Louis L'Amour books. Um, I read the Sackets when I was younger, but they're not one that I return too much. I mean, that's not, I, I will read one if it sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pretty much pick up anything. i Eventually, if it, it turns out it's not for me, then I know the next time not to not to give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, going back to um, the mythology and everything, I, I think, you know, um, what Rick Riordan did with, you know, first writing that that Greek gods series um, and then, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, I don't know, I don't know what the name of it is, but allowing other authors to, you know, put, oh, yeah. put their pieces into uh, the, the Rick Riordan Presents world. Uh, was was a just great idea to just really get more more of those mythology stories out there because uh, you know it's such a common thread of of readers being like oh yeah I was all, I loved the the Greek mythology the first time yeah. I I heard about it what what do you think it is about um, mythology and specific more specifically Greek mythology that really just catches people I think that the stories are so big and so visceral it's like you know the moment you turn hercules on the disney movie you know and you you see clearly who hades is and you see clearly who hercules is and even throughout the all the retellings i've read there are threads of it i mean no matter how they change the story hercules is always strong 
it may, you know, he may have a weakness that's different than what you expect. Mm-hmm. And you may not see Pegasus. And you, I mean, they're, and, but Zeus is almost always terrible. And you, you always get the sides of like, which ones of the gods have more power. Mm-hmm. And you, you, I read books when I was younger too. I think it was a Mother Westwind series. And it was a series of stories that told you like, how the skunk got a stripe and all of these things. And it was because of things they did. So mm-hmm. like mother nature punished him by giving him a stripe because he couldn't stay out of people's business or, I mean, things like that. Yeah. And I think Greek mythology gives us that. And no matter how you retell it, you still get those threads of, you have this people that they're above humans mm-hmm. and they're messing with everybody else. And what happens when somebody messes with them and like, how did they get here? And, and, why are they so involved in everybody's business and what's the story behind Artemis and why does she prefer to be off by herself, you know, and why is Hephaestus so mad all the time? I mean, there, honestly, when you look at the bones of it, it really is romance. A lot of the bones of mythology are romance. It's just not written like traditionally that way. I went and grabbed that other, it was Kismet. That was the series, the line I couldn't think of. Kismet, Interesting. Yeah. What uh they are yeah. they all have a black line around the edge. Mm, looks like they're around 92 or so. Okay. Okay. Did, what what kind of yeah. theme was that line going for? Um I posted the one on Twitter I think called Sunday Kind of Love. I can't remember what exactly it was about, but this looks like it sort of looks like it's a spin on Love Swept. Like it's sort of you know, whatever they wanted to write about. Uh-huh. The ones I have in my hand are Oklahoma authors. And so these are set in Oklahoma, I think. These two are, yeah. But I have a box or two of them. Oh, is that, so, I didn't mean no, to no, no it's, it's, it's just fine. I, I came so unplanned for this. So <laughs> it's all off the cuff. I apologize. Oh, no, you're you're perfectly fine. Um, You had asked me before, too. I'm, I'm a real sucker for retellings. Yeah. So if I can find fairy tale retellings, I mean, I'll throw the mythology in there too, but Love Swept had the um, treasured tales mm-hmm. and I have quite a few of those. Okay. Um, I actually found one that the, it's a native American and he is transported after um, the Sand Creek massacre mm. and he ends up in modern day. Oh. And yeah, it's, I haven't braved the whole thing because I'm a little, you know, trepidatious about what yeah. might be in there, but. But that's, yeah. But it sounds. That sounds really intriguing. Um, just that, mm-hmm. that premise there. Like, I feel like that could work, if done right, could work even today. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, you, you have to find somebody who knows, like, and I can't remember who wrote that one. It's somebody I'm familiar with. Here it is right here. Uh, Laura Taylor. And it's actually a like a more modern looking cover Mm -hmm. because they had like treasured tales one through five. And it was there. I I know several of them. I, I remember the princess and the pea was one of my favorites. I really liked that one. The, she has a bed that she slept in at her aunt's house when she was a teenager. And like, she's some executive and she can't sleep, but she's determined if she can get this bed back, she'll be able to sleep. So she goes and harasses this poor man that's bought the house that belonged to her aunt and the bed's still there. And he finally lets her sleep in it, but doesn't tell her it doesn't have the same mattress. So, I mean, she thinks she had this great night's sleep and he's like, ah, joke's on you. 
it, it doesn't have the same mattress it did. <laughs> but really, she slept because she was close to him, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's the whole purpose. That's the whole thing. But it just made me laugh that that's sort of the, you know, the zinger you get in there. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, going back to Blaze, um, ha- have you yourself read many Blazes? Oh, I like the Blazes. Yeah. yeah. And I've even read a, an extreme blazer too, I think. Oh, yeah. But it made me laugh because of the person my mother was that those were just a step too far for her because I would have never expected that. That was just surprising to me that I didn't find any. I found one and that was uh-huh. it. And yeah, and I was like, and see, these were packed up in 2012, maybe. Okay. Um, my husband had to have some back surgery, so we moved back in with my mom. Mm-hmm. So she had to pack all of her books up so we would have room. Okay. And so the ones that she got after that, um, they were, there were some in the house, but not a ton. So it wasn't, I didn't find boxes of them actually physically in the house. So I don't know if she just kind of quit collecting them or, or what. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've been following along, but we have been working on what we call the Blaze Project, where we're trying to figure uh-huh. out what it is about the the sex is the selling point lines that Harlequin had and why why is it that they just don't seem to last? Do you mind weighing in on that? Um, you know, it's kind of crazy to me because you would think there'd be a market for it yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially with when you look at some of the other things that authors are doing, whether they have a core story and then they're letting other authors write in their world. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to how like a love swept or something yeah. would work. I mean, the books tend to be longer, but you have like Penny Reed with her smarty pants romance and Serena Bowen has one too. And then there's a line, um, I think it's called cherry blossom lane or something. And it's, it's like love swept. There's a ton of, and you can read them on Kindle unlimited, but it's a myriad of authors and they're different street names. That's the titles of the books, oh. like 112, whatever. And one, and it's all different authors and they're about 200 pages. So they're very reminiscent of love swept. Um, and they seem to be decent heat. I, I wouldn't say they're real high heat. I'm not going to say they're like dare. Cause I think dare is probably the highest heat like Harlequin had. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, Katie Robert, I think Naima Simone wrote in those two, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's because that's not what people think of when they think of Harlequin. But to me, I mean, some people get the the Amish romance and those lines Uh and the inspirational and it works. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe it's, you don't have a lot of places like where I live, we don't have a bookstore to go to. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can go to Barnes and Noble, but to get Harlequin and stuff, you're probably going to have to go to Walmart, you know? And, and if you go into Walmart and all your whole family shops there and every, every teacher that your kid has in school, you know, you might be a little more hesitant (laughs) about, I don't care myself, but I know a lot of people that it's, or if you are a teacher and you don't want to run into all your students, (laughs) families at Walmart, you know, you might think twice about buying the higher heat romances, especially the covers. I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. if the cover looks a little more risque in the middle of the Bible belt, people always have opinion. Yeah. It's, it's really, I think you had a point there that I don't think people assume you can go to Harlequin for something of that heat level. And so it's just, like you said, the inspirationals and the, and the Amish ones, you know, that's, that's a um, 
very bread and butter for uh, for Harlequin. Right. Like it's it's almost even its own thing, you know, in the, in the yeah. Harlequin business. So, exactly. um, yeah, and and you'd think they'd have the the flip side to that, but I guess maybe it just didn't bring in enough new readers to uh, to Harlequin because right. in in like my YouTube booktube circles and stuff, um, even even being around. Um, a lot of other romance readers, Harlequin and, you know, Thule and, you know, the, the category lines aren't, aren't really talked about even still there. Um, you know, there's, there's only a few of us, you know, like Sarah, the bookish knitter, who is, yeah. you know, a, a founder of this uh, podcast. Um, and then myself a little bit too, but, um, oh, and then our friend Anita was uh, doing a reading project on that. So, so yeah, yeah hopefully, hopefully that changes here soon. So. When you guys were talking the other day about um, how you order stuff from Harlequin, mm-hmm. it sort of it was a surprise to me. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it never occurred to me that you could go to Harlequin online. And so that tells me there may be a big percentage of the population that doesn't know, hey, you can go to Harlequin itself and then you can order the ones that sound good and they have big sales. And yeah. I mean, I had to go look at it when you guys were talking about it because I was like, uh-oh, my husband's not going to like this, but you know, here we are. So I, you know, I was really surprised. And also when I, we have a half price books, that's about 40 minutes for me. So when I'm up in the city, I'll go by it Mm -hmm. and they'll have bundles in the back where they'll have like six or seven different ones. And it will, they try to keep them in the same line. And I've tried to convince them they should let me open them up and put the books I want together, (laughs) but they won't let me do that. Um, because there's certain authors I'd really like to yeah. have, you know, and they're all mixed up. But they'll have them for like four or five bucks. And sometimes they'll have really old school ones because I've gotten some special editions like that. Yeah, I got home one day and I opened it up and there was a Nora Roberts in oh, it, yeah. a Nora Roberts special edition. So, I mean, that's possible if you go back there. And I usually see um, older ladies looking through those, you know, the bundles. Uh-huh. But Honestly, I don't know that Harlequin's marketed so much towards younger people. And it, it's not that they're not as good. I just don't, people don't talk about them as much, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I, I know. It's it's funny when I go to library sales here and, you know, I always go and try and find and scoop up all the Harlequins and it's, and it's usually these, these older ladies that I'm competing with. And I always feel like a jerk being this almost six foot guy, just like, <laughs> trying to grab them. Oh, I almost got in a fight at a library cell one time. I was getting the team, but you know, like Caitlin and couple series, those were popular when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And there was a lady there that was real serious about getting all those Caitlin books. <laughs> and she actually knocked my friend like out of the way. And I was like, Oh, this is, I mean, I want to have them, but it's not that important. I'm not, not going to fight you for them. <laughs> I have to say thank you again for coming and talking with us and go ahead and shout out uh, to people where they can follow you online. Oh gosh. I am on Twitter at hijinks and uh, shenanigans abound. And I am also on Instagram under the same handle. And I mostly just post pictures of these crazy books that I found and, and talk to podcasters and things online. So I'm out there. All right. Well, thank you. You'll have to come back and speak to us again. Uh, you'll have to you'll have to join us for a books club. Maybe we'll do a love swept books club theme some month. 
you just let me know. And if, if there's books that you're looking for, I seriously, I mean, I cannot keep all of these books. I would love to, but it's not going to happen, especially not those duplicates. So mm -hmm. if there's ones you're missing that any of you guys are looking for, if you let me know, you know, we can get them sent your way. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be in touch over Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Please do. I just want them to go somewhere where people love them. Oh, yeah. You know, my mom loved them. And I, I, you know, that's what's kept me from just don't donating everything. Right. Because yeah. I want people to enjoy them. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Well, listeners, check the show notes for where you can follow the Categorically Romance podcast everywhere online, as well as hijinks and shenanigans abound. We are going to ask her to come back. We will have her back. But until next time, listeners, we will see you in the next show. <laughs>